there's a really big divide between men and women in <laughs> gaming, and it's like not good. Yeah, women are basically like, hey, we want a game. And trolls of the internet are like, no, you have a vagina, die! <laughs> Welcome to Persister with Candace Lowry. I am Candace Lowry. What is a persister? A persister is a little play on words of nevertheless she persisted, but also a woman who has truly broken through that glass ceiling and has really forged a path and a name for herself in whatever business she's in. Persister with Candace Lowry is a Castbox original produced alongside Studio 71. Castbox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both both iOS and Android, where you can find all of your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Persister with Candace Lowry wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give CastBox a shot because I think it's the best. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Persister with Candace Lowry. I am Candace Lowry. And today I'm so excited to have Becca Scott with me. Hello. Who is a tabletop gamer. A That's host, right. A yogi. Ooh, yeah. You can stand on your head for a while. I was reading that. Thank you. <laughs> is it true? Is that written somewhere? I think I, so. I might have put that on, on my <laughs> Facebook profile. Yeah, I can. I can stand on my head for uh, like at least a solid two minutes. Wow. It was, I've been doing a lot of airplane travels. So I haven't been working working those <laughs> muscles as much, so don't ask me to do it. <laughs> um, well, welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to learn all about gaming, Twitch. Never I'm excited touched to tell Twitch you. before. Never touched it? No. Well, it's... I creeped on it a little bit before you came in just to like see your show. But... So you touched it a <laughs> yeah. little. Yeah, but I was like, I don't know what any of this means. Um, so I'm excited to get into that. I got you. Um, but I would love to do a little icebreaker question. Please. Which I feel like you would know the answer to. Good, because um, I don't like questions I don't know answers to. <laughs> so what would you say is the most overrated and the most underrated tabletop game? Uh-oh. Well, here's the thing. What if those companies hire me? Oh, uh-oh. Okay, you just <laughs> told me. Actually, so I, I did recently meet a tabletop celebrity. Oh, really? Yeah, his name is Klaus Tuber. <laughs> I think he's like in his 70s. Oh, my God. Yeah, he created Settlers of Catan. You he, met him? I met him. So I had the great honor of getting wow. to work at a, um, a tabletop convention in Essen, Germany, small town, known for this convention pretty much. Whoa. <laughs> far, in, uh, it's called Spiel, which means play. play. <gasps> Look at you now in I lived German in Germany. Words. What? For a year. That's amazing. <laughs> but I barely know any words still. Eins, fein, drei. <laughs> yeah, vier, fünf. <laughs> yeah, together we could maybe count yeah. to ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Klaus Tuber and his son Benny were beautiful people. I've played so much Settlers of Catan in my life. It is too much relying on luck. You know, like really? your placement of your settlement matters, but you're rolling dice and dice are mm -hmm. unpredictable. And uh, I like a game that has a nice balance of strategy and luck or just straight up strategy. But when it's all luck, if the dice aren't going my way, I just get <laughs> real angry and pouty at my friends. And then they're like, Becca, grow up. <laughs> but I'm like, well, then roll an eight and maybe I'll grow up. Yeah. Anyway, so that's one that I love but also hate. That's insane that you met him. 
Yeah. How did he make it? Was he like, I was bored one day? Well, he speaks German. So <laughs> there were key phrases he like, could answer in English. <laughs> no, he was very sweet. He, he had fine English. Uh, mm. But, you know, you can't get too deep into it. I, I was doing this thing where we highlight 15 minutes of all the new games that had come out this year. And so there was a new expansion for mm. Settlers of Catan. And so that's why I got to meet him. It was so cool. Got to meet a lot of tabletop icons and idols. Wow. But I um, I know your listeners may or may not be big gamers, so we don't have to go too deep. <laughs> it's like how I got to interview Eric Lang. No big deal. He made Zombicide and the Godfather's board game. And like, oh my God. So... Yeah, what is the most, like, to you, your favorite tabletop game that not many people know about, that you, like, love? That not many people Or I guess people, people know, know about. about. Uh, you know, my go-to on a game night, Codenames. Mm. It's one a lot of people have heard of. You're in two teams, and you're giving clues to your team to flip over words. It gets very heated, very simple for someone to just walk up and be like, oh, what about this word? And then walk away, and so it's a great, like get people into the gaming mood. Uh, but an absolute favorite of mine that we play a lot, Carcassonne. It's hmm. been around for maybe a decade uh, or a little less. And you're just lie- laying tiles down and building a map with your friends. <laughs> Secretly, it's cutthroat, and there's like intense point scrabs happening. But you're just, uh, all you do on your turn is you, you flip a tile from any pile you choose, and you add it to the map. And you're, then that's it. You got to connect roads to roads and cities to cities. <laughs> love Carcassonne. Wow. Um, so does, for a tabletop game, tell me if I'm being an idiot here. No, never. Is a tabletop game just anything you can play on a table? So like chess? Yeah, tabletop it? game. Okay. See, that's why, so board game, to me, has the connotation of one, boring, and two, that there has to be a board because mm-hmm. there's so many good card games yeah. and like role-playing games, chess, totally classic OG game but uh, tabletop is all inclusive and anything Mm. you're sitting with your friends at a table and playing so what drew you to tabletop games versus like a video game well, I do play video games. Yeah. Got myself some Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Been playing a little Zelda Breath of the Wild on my Switch when I'm riding airplanes because I have gotten to go to a lot of gaming conventions lately um, that are all over, so that's been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am drawn to tabletop, one, because you get to connect in person to mm-hmm. other people. So that's like what I do when I want to invite friends over to drink and have a good Friday or Saturday night. I'm like, board game night, come on over. We're going to do it. We're going to play these games. If too many people show up, I'm splitting us into groups because we got to play this game. <laughs> it's new, and I haven't played it yet. Um, but I got into it from, I think, uh, if your parents made you play Monopoly and Scrabble mm-hmm. as a kid, mm-hmm. then you're used to making your brain work like that, and you start to enjoy, like, I'm going to apply my strategic, logical brain <laughs> as an evening activity, and that is has always given me great pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't actually know how big the world of tabletop gaming was until maybe four years ago, four or five years ago, when I started, like, doing a little Googling (laughs) and just, like, the way that shows have exploded, television shows on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and all these things, the Internet has given us such a great platform and an outlet to 
make content. Same for board game creators mm-hmm. or tabletop creators. So Kickstarter is where yeah, most indie where developers put their stuff. Yeah, Anytime I'm on Kickstarter and looking at the most popular, it's always games. That's where we're hanging out. So yeah, where do you find <laughs> Are you just like, let's just look through or... How do they spread the word of these, like, games that they need funded? Well, you got me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I do How to Play at Geek and Sundry. It's Mm -hmm. a YouTube show. It used to be on Twitch, but we moved to YouTube Mm -hmm. because (laughs) it's easier for people who are trying to advertise their game to – spread it to more people on YouTube rather than Twitch. Okay. Um, so that was our thinking there. But there's also a, a webpage, boardgamegeek.com. It's the IMDb of board games, basically. <laughs> and anytime I'm I'm just, like, perusing, they have a newsletter. There's lots of different newsletters of, like, websites and articles that like to write about tabletop and board mm-hmm. gaming. So... If you're into it, maybe you'll get that little email digest. Maybe you'll see one of my videos in there. <laughs> uh, but there is also developers, and, you know, the same that you'd have these outlets for streaming services. You've got the big board game producers. Mm-hmm. And a little indie game may come out, and then it'll get bought up usually pretty quickly by a publisher. Mm. Same as, like, a book title might be. So, you know, you just got to see what that publisher's got going on. It's like a secret big world. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you peek under the cover and, like, there's l- little ants with the circus in there. I don't know. I don't know where this metaphor's going. <laughs> so I want to talk about how you got started. So you're originally from Kansas City, Missouri. That is correct. Right? So, uh, and Sharice David's pretty close to where I grew up. She just got elected to Congress. Yay! Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is post-election. She's a game woman. <laughs> She's a former MMA fighter. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's pretty bad A. Can we curse? Yeah. I said bad A anyway. <laughs> I think 100, over 100 women got elected. That's the coolest thing ever. She's great. Yeah. And a gay Native American woman. <laughs> oh, that's Sharice oh, Davids. Yeah, oh, she's Native American too. Forgot that. Wow. Yeah, so and an MMA fighter. Yeah. I do and, not want to mess with her. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I can't wait to meet her. Um, but she was elected like 10 minutes from where I grew up. Wow. And the governor of Kansas is a woman. Wow. When has that ever happened? Yeah. I could go on a real long tangent about <laughs> politics. That's insane. Um, anyway, yes, I'm from Kansas City, yes, Missouri. So you're from Kansas City, Missouri. So what brought you to LA? Well, how did you get out here? Because I know you've been acting, you went to UCB, um, right? mm -hmm, Yeah, mm -hmm, for a mm -hmm. while. And um, your husband is in, um, not Funny or Die, he's in College Humor. College Humor, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I love that you internet stalked me so well. That's what I'm known for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, what brought you out here? What's my story? Okay, so... I got my degree in theater performance like you do. Mm. I can say so many tongue twisters. <laughs> what to do to die today at a minute or two till two. No, just kidding. Um, <clears throat> and then I moved out here and was like, well, great. Let me work in a coffee shop <laughs> and did that for a couple years. And then um, I started a production company with some people I knew. And I am super OCD. Why I'm good at games uh, mm-hmm. is like I love just detail oriented stuff which is essentially what producing is. So I got into producing. I got into assistant directing, which is the person that calls, you know, calls the shots on set when the director just sits back in the chair and (laughs) makes a schedule and all that kind of stuff. So as you know, but who knows if people are not in Hollywood listening to this pod. Yeah. Um, And, but that's not why I came out here. I wanted to be in front of camera and I produced 
something for Geek and Sundry. It was like this indie comedy pilot with a bunch of UCB cast. Mm. And we just like made our 30-minute comedy pilot. It was post-apocalyptic but hilarious Mm -hmm. and had puppets. (laughs) (laughs) And... um, and then Geek and Sundry was like, yeah, we want to help you guys make this, and then we'll help you shop it around. So they put some money into it. I produced it. I met them that way. And then they, I had already been kind of like dabbling on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew about it. I was uh, popping into this other channel and kind of figuring out the technical side. And then Geek and Sundry was like, we, n- we know from talking to you that you have some involvement in Twitch. We want to start the biggest Twitch channel. We want to be mm-hmm. like the Twitch channel because a lot of Twitch streamers are – gamers sitting at home streaming themselves playing the game yeah but geek and sundry was like but what if we do it on a stage with production value (laughs) and since then a lot of people have taken suit but i think geek and sundry was among the first and so they were like hey do you want to work on the production side of that and i was like hey no no. (laughs) but i do want to be in front of camera what about some tabletop stuff and when i pitched that to them of like let me do a board gaming show I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought, like, I get to play Settlers of Catan every week. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've played, uh, I've been doing it for three years. Um, and I've played, like, probably 350 or 400 different games. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think about because yeah. I'll still hear some, I'll meet another gamer and they'll be like, have you played this and this and this? And I'm like, Never even heard of them. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> there's thousands every year. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you have an idea. You make a game. Um, but but that's how I got into it. And the more I do it, the more I love it. And it's so funny that what I do for work, I also do for play when yeah. I go home. And it's the coolest thing ever when yeah. your work is not even work. <laughs> so talking about Twitch, because I'm a Twitch noob. Yeah. What I feel like the people always say it's like the forefront of digital streaming and it's like the next YouTube and the next step, especially for gamers. But so I feel like such an idiot. So walk me through <laughs> on Twitch. What is what the big differences between Twitch and YouTube live streaming are? Are there any Nothing. big difference? It's just a different community. <laughs> different community. Yeah, okay. exactly. And I would say in my experience, it has been less toxic than I think. I haven't done YouTube Live, mm-hmm. but that YouTube comments in general can be. Yeah. I find a lot of trolls over there. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so I just don't always read YouTube comments. If I don't reply to your comments, sorry, that's why. Yeah. But on Twitch, I found it's so much community. And it's so much people that, you know, when you're a kid and if you have a sibling, maybe you watch them play a video game. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the same as YouTube Live for gaming. But uh, it's that thing of like, we're just hanging out yeah. and we're playing a game. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like watching you play through it. We're chatting. Um and so it's that sort of camaraderie, and it's not just like you're a performer. It's like we're hanging out, and yeah. I'm interacting with the chat, and I'm reading what you guys are saying live. And, uh, yeah, so I think YouTube Live gamers mm-hmm. kind of just started doing the same thing over there. But Twitch is a platform that has just been so great for just spreading the love of what it is to just have an Internet community, especially yeah. for people that find it harder to connect in person. Yeah, it seems like it's more so for people to be positive rather than on YouTube, which can be pretty bad. But um, how would you, like, for a young girl out there who wants to get started on Twitch, 
wants to start gaming, like what would you say to them? I mean, it's the same as any other thing that you want to do. You want to be good at it, you got to put in 10,000 hours. Yeah. So just start doing it. And it took me a lot of trial and error and Googling YouTube videos of <laughs> how to set up the technical aspects mm-hmm. of the right sort of like converter to use to get the HDMI plug to go into your computer oh to get God. it to go into the open broadcasting streaming right. system. But um, Google has all the answers. That's the beauty of it. You know, you just had a camera problem and you were like, oh, let me Google that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's what it is. Easy. So when you choose your streaming, because you say you have a schedule, streaming schedule. I did. I was streaming last year, and this year, it's been too crazy with tabletop and a lot of travel (laughs) and a lot of very grateful for like international work. That yeah, yeah, that like my one rare day off, I'm on a game in silence by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you're gaming, do you have to talk, or can you just like sit there and relax and? Some people, I think it depends on how good of a gamer you are. (laughs) Now me, uh, when it comes to video games, I am less of a skilled, proficient gamer. You're not going to see me like crushing it on Fortnite, getting first place, killing everybody. But I like a game that tells a story and I like, you know, talking about the story and enjoying the ride of like an adventure game Mm -hmm. where it's basically a movie where you click some stuff. Right. (laughs) I do too. Yeah. Because Spyro's about to come out (gasps) remastered next week with all three of them. What? And they've like, all the graphics have been remastered and I've been like on the wait list, like waiting for it. Was it, didn't Spyro originally come out on GameCube? I think it came out on Dream, Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast, yeah, that's right. So my best so. friend had it growing up. I just had straight from NES to N64 to PlayStation yeah. 2. Yeah, yeah, I had it on PlayStation, and but yeah, they're coming out with it, and I love those adventure games yeah. where you just kind of like choose your own adventure and go right. through it. Um, maybe I should start a Twitch pod, I mean Twitch cast with Spyro. <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, but one of the things I noticed in the live streams that you've had with oh God, I'm um, sorry. Geek and Sundry is that it's a lot of women. Yeah. And I sometimes I feel like that's rare to find where it's majority women. Absolutely. And Geek and Sundry, behind the scenes, mixed bag, a, a lot of gentlemen there. But in front of the camera, they have made it a big, big point to highlight women mm-hmm. and to try and make it as diverse as possible. But uh, the which is could be more but uh, (laughs) they have a lot of female hosts and Geek and Sundry was originally created by Felicia Day she's an actress she created the web series The Guild which is one of the first like big web series Mm. that was on YouTube Um, and she's wonderful she's now off doing her own thing she's crushing it because Legendary Pictures Legendary Digital bought out Geek and Sundry Um, but it's kept that spirit of it's not only about play and about being a geek, but also about women being mm. empowered to mm-hmm. be geeks. And I love, don't cry, Becca. I just love that young women, especially young nerdy women, which we all have something we nerd out about, yeah. have a place to go on the internet and see those are people that I can be like. I can be whatever I want to be. And that's totally cool because look at these people on the internet. So that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, I love that I get to work also, I just get to experience being around these amazingly talented women, which right. is super cool. Right. And I really want to talk about more so the differences that you've seen being a woman in gaming versus guys and kind of that there is this 
double standard almost that when you get into the industry, it can be a little daunting sometimes and scary. And we were just talking about like guys on 4chan just intentionally ruining things for women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I'm going to take a quick break, but I want to hear more about that when we get back. Oh, you warned me of this and it does feel abrupt. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I have so many half empty hair products because nothing I try lives up to its promise. But then I found living proof. My hairstylist actually used it on my hair one day and I was like, um, what is this? This is amazing. And it ended up being living proof. So they approach the toughest beauty challenges with technology from MIT scientists. So no wonder why it's good. And you know, you're dealing with science, not just marketing gimmicks. From frizz to damage to fullness, Living Proof products do exactly what they claim to do without using silicones, parabens, phthalates, or animal testing. Like their award-winning dry shampoo that actually cleans your hair. Unlike other dry shampoos on the market, Living Proof doesn't just mask oil, sweat, and odors, but removes them completely, leaving your hair looking clean, fresh, and ready to take on the day. So let me tell you a little bit more about my experience. I love the frizz line. It's basically a line devoted to puffy hair and keeping hair in its place, and I use the shampoo, conditioner, and the hairspray as well to kind of keep everything tame, and I absolutely love it. So it's no wonder they've won eight Best of Beauty Breakthrough Awards. Living Proof is delivering results that you can see from across the room. So do what I did and make the switch to Living Proof today by visiting livingproof.com slash persister and use promo code persister to get a free sample of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. That's livingproof.com slash persister, P-E-R-S-I-S-T-E-R. Promo code persister for a free sample of dry shampoo with your purchase. livingproof.com slash persister, promo code persister. Let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn. LinkedIn Marketing Solutions is the de facto environment for B2B marketers and advertisers to drive brand awareness, generate leads, and build long-term purposeful relationships that result in real business impact. So it's really marketing to who matters. So advertising on LinkedIn's network of more than 575 million members is precise and powerful with the ability to effectively target the right message to the right people while they're in a professional mindset, resulting in higher quality leads, more website traffic, and higher brand awareness. When it comes to marketing your business, it's all about reaching the right audience at the right time and connecting with them when your message will resonate the most. So this is really important with a lot of my small business friends who want to kind of get everything out there, get started, get employees. And it's really great to invest in something where people are already there with a business mindset and want to be looking for opportunities. So if you want to target your customers where they are engaging every day and when they are ready to make a decision, LinkedIn can help you. When you advertise on LinkedIn, you have the opportunity to build long-term relationships with your customers. And these relationships often translate to high-quality leads, website traffic, and higher brand awareness. The first step is talking to the right audience. With a community of over 575 million professionals on LinkedIn, you have access to a diverse group of people searching for the things they need to grow professionally. LinkedIn has the marketing tools to help you target your customers with precision, down to their job title, company name, and industry. 
Because better targeting equals a message your customers care about, which in turn leads to more trust built with your customers. In fact, four out of five customers who are on LinkedIn are decision makers at their company. So you're building relationships that really matter and your money is going towards a good business. To redeem a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit and launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com slash Candice. That's linkedin.com slash Candice, C-A-N-D-A-C-E. For your free $100 ad credit, terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Persister. I sister. <laughs> sit persister, sir. How, how can you do the sister? Never know how much I miss her. Sister. Hosted by Candace Lowry. <laughs> Sister. Um, okay, I have Becca Scott with me. Hey. Um, and where we left off was talking about really forging your own fire <laughs> in gaming by being a woman. And I feel like the biggest time, because I'm not really in the industry necessarily, but I read a lot about it. And I remember the first time I saw a big awakening for me with women in gaming was um the whole anita sarkeesian gamer gate yeah and i'm still not sure exactly what went on but from that point on i was like wow there's a really big divide between men and women in (laughs) gaming and it's like not good yeah women are basically like hey we want a game and trolls of the internet are like, no, you have a vagina, die. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I have been gaming for a long time, but I stepped onto the internet scene of gaming after Gamergate went down. Because mm-hmm. that was like, what, three and a, a half, years four ago? years ago, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, time flies. Time flies when you got a... <laughs> criminal in the White House. Uh, yeah. um, so do you mind doing a, like a TLDR of Gamergate? Ooh, yeah, that's the total request live download. The too long didn't read. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reddit, what up? Uh, I've been to you once. <clears throat> uh, nope, I'm the wrong person to do that. Uh, basically, women who were in the gaming community online were heavily trolled. It was that thing where trolls or people who like to uh, spew hate on the internet just Mm -hmm. ganged up on these women that were prominent in reporting on gaming and being gamers and just tried to say, no, we won't allow you to do this because we will just make your life such an absolute hell with death threats Mm. and anything else you can imagine to just make you disappear because we don't want to see women's faces that have opinions. Basically, is mm-hmm. my impression of how Gamergate went down, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the only side I care to listen to. No, <laughs> no, but it's like more and more of this came out, and then I remember seeing a lot of people commenting it on it, like making whole YouTube videos around it, and it's just it really was discouraging because I feel like especially young girls who wanted to get into it then felt like should I even bother? You Absolutely, know? you should. They should. <laughs> All women should because our struggle's not done. Mm. Our fight for equality, not there yet. Maybe in Los Angeles it's better than other places, but there is a subtle misogyny that is going on all around us all the time that's saying, 
women aren't welcome here, even if it's just by the fact that there aren't other women. So we all have to be trailblazers if mm-hmm. we want to work outside the home and do more than dishes and laundry <laughs> and popping out babies. Right. And, you know, I have a theory that I'm spewing all over whenever anyone asks or doesn't ask that um, of co- that the revolution uh, for women for equality, for feminism, really started with birth control because we got to take control of when we had children. Mm-hmm. It was in our hands to to choose not to have children and be able to work. And of course, I totally respect women that choose to have children. I mean, I plan to someday. Right. I'm not dissing that at all, but having it being your choice when, mm-hmm. to not be at the whims of uh, like, well, you're married now, so now yeah. uh, I'm popping a baby in you Constantly. and you're going to be in the house and deal with that. Oh Enjoy. God. I don't know how people have like more than two kids. It's just your body. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm terrified for the <laughs> things know. that happen. I always ask women that have children like, and then the, the stretch mark, and when they sew it back up, Okay, (laughs) and your intestines for gets cut for a season. Okay, let's not get into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, like my grandmother wrote a memoir about how depressed she was being a stay-at-home mother. Mm. She went through shock therapy treatment, all because she was brilliant, and because of the time. You're just you're a mom that stays at home, and she mm-hmm. did a lot of community activism. She like worked with prisons to try and improve prison conditions in wow. St. Louis, Missouri. But like, still, when you when you're not able to just have your voice be listened to because of your genitals, mm-hmm. it, it uh, it's disheartening. And so that's why all women need to be busting their ass all the time. <laughs> and that's why often we excel is because we know that we have more to prove. Because for so many millennia, <laughs> I'm saying important things, Candace. Don't you sneeze always, at me? <laughs> I always sneeze and cough. Like when people are getting really like emotional, I like cho- <laughs> choked on my coffee the other day. Oh, that felt really good though. Yeah, I love a good um, sneeze. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I can step gently down off the podium, <laughs> but I'm just saying, women, get out there, make your voice heard. Yeah, because our fight's not done. Yes, when you face, because you said you recently moved kind of back over to YouTube now for live streaming. Yeah. So when you see these comments or somebody says something like a 12-year-old boy would say, um, what do you do? Like, what's your go-to? Go into a deep spiral of questioning who I am and what I'm doing. (laughs) Honestly, I don't like to read YouTube comments because they're so often about my appearance. And, of course, we always feel this pressure that we need to wear makeup when we're in public Mm -hmm. so that we're perceived and respected in a different way. Because it's true that people receive you differently when, like, you're wearing makeup, Mm -hmm. which is stupid. But also just one of those tactics for survival. Yeah. and I'll see a lot of comments. So uh, my friend, wonderful, wonderful person, Will Wheaton, did mm-hmm. a show called Tabletop with Geek and Sundry. It had four seasons. Uh, and Three seasons? Four seasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was kind of the predecessor of the show that I do now, which is uh, a simpler, less production value because we do it every week. We have a mm-hmm. lot. It's not like um, a set 10 episodes. It's like always and forever we're making a new episode of a new game. Right. So – I'll get so many comments saying, where's Will Wheaton? Mm. Like, years later, there'll be 10 comments on every video. And uh, 
it, it, of course I love Will Wheaton. He's wonderful. Yeah. And I, totally. I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> but I wonder, is it people that just prefer to hear things from a male voice? I yeah. Because I'm dang good at explaining games. Just saying. Yeah. It was, I think I saw that too when, even when I was at BuzzFeed, like it was a place that was so much emphasized, so much emphasized on you rather than like your gender or appearance. But at the end of the day, like, all these girls were making series and the most successful ones are only men. So like worth it, the try guys. Like it's mm-hmm. and even when we were in BuzzFeed as a, like a business, it's like they only wanted to focus on those shows. And they wouldn't like I was part of Ladylike, which was all women, and they just didn't think it was gonna work. They didn't fund it. And it's one of the most successful shows. Hell yeah, because you showed them. <laughs> yeah, but it's still so frustrating that you're at these places. And at the end of the day, you, there's this stopping point for women where it's like, well, we gave you a little bit, but we're going to go with these dudes. You know what I mean? And it's just still there. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. But I think it is getting better all yeah. the time. And. Shout out Mad Profs to Geek and Sundry because we have an all-female role-playing game show called Weave Society every Wednesday. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it is ridiculous. We change up our entire playset and, like, the setting we're in every two weeks or three mm-hmm. weeks. And so we just go balls to the wall, batshit crazy with our characters. And it is so, so wonderful. And actually, I was in Dallas, your hometown, a couple uh-huh. months ago. <laughs> and uh, the best thing in the world happened to me. I was crossing the street. And um, I was there actually for a different gaming thing for this yeah. company that had hired me to be at the grand opening of their gaming store. And I was crossing the street and a car full of teenage women yelled something at me. And I like, I was like, hey. And I didn't know what they yelled. And then I got across the street and I was like dissecting the syllables. And they all had shouted at the same time, weave. Oh, my God. And once I figured it out, I just like. I had to hold back tears a little bit because it, it was like this car full of young women that like were so you could tell that it it like just the way that they said yeah. it that they were empowered to see women on the internet gaming and I think uh, you know the more that we bring the audience to it because there hasn't been content directed at women as much mm-hmm. in those realms that the more that we bring that audience in the more you can't even can't even debate it you know yeah yeah and I, it's it's good to see that and I um you know I know that there are young girls listening and I'm wondering you know what you would tell them if they have tried to get into gaming live streaming and they're hit with all these comments you know what would you tell them that this is the first time they're experiencing this you have to develop a thick skin And I think this has also come for me from acting because Mm. most of acting is getting rejected. And so I'm like, okay, thank you. Um, (laughs) Let's show yourself out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you want me to do it? I could do it a different way. No, you're good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. I hate it. (laughs) Just picture Emma Stone in La La Land. Yeah, I feel like Um, that is a pretty accurate. Yes and no. I I screamed at my movie screen because. (laughs) She's in the room. Do you know how hard it is to get in the room in L.A.? (laughs) Um, But I think developing a thick skin and realizing that you need to believe in yourself and Mm -hmm. nobody else matters. You can't dwell on that 
So there's two voices inside your head. There's the critic, and then there's there's just the positive self-talk. And you need to choose to always give yourself the positive self-talk and not dwell on the negative. Because if you do that, people will see that, and you will draw negative energy towards you. This is super hippy-dippy, but mm. I totally believe that if you just react to everything with positivity, and if something goes poorly, let it slide off your back, let it go, you can't dwell on the negative because that's not going to push you forward. And with YouTube comments, like, I try not to even read them. Sometimes I skim them. And sometimes there's positive stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to take that with me. Let the rest go. Because why take something with me that doesn't help me and make right. me better and right. push me to work harder? Yeah, and I think even getting to watch shows like yours is probably really huh. motivating. And seeing the representation and just knowing that people can do it and have done it is really helpful and I think that that like you said even just that one instance of those girls being like oh my god like it was so awesome that it's like oh my god I'm being uh, I'm representing somebody out there yeah really nice which as a privileged white woman never thought (laughs) that I would be but the older I get the more I realize that it yeah it's we're we're still struggling to make female voices heard yeah yeah and I, I I know I've experienced this in just within YouTube, is that although people say, like, oh, women should be supporting women, there's still this, like, competitiveness Mm -hmm. of, like, but I want to be the one that people hear. (laughs) So do you see that sometimes with other girls and coworkers where there is kind of this competitive nature, but you kind of have to also be, like, we're in this together and there's room for everybody at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the particular community I find myself involved in mm-hmm. is super, super supportive. Mm. Yeah, sometimes we want the same job. But mostly, especially the specific jobs I've been doing, it's like there's a there's a niche for each one of us because we each have slightly different skills. And we can mm-hmm. support each other in that. And honestly, when I'm surrounded by a room of powerful women that are host personalities – I feel empowered. I don't feel scared. If I am at a audition for three lines in a TV <laughs> show and they all have red hair and are, you know, kind of cute and a little quirky, then I feel uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> because we're all fighting for one job. But in the hosting gaming space, I feel like there's a space for all of us if we create that space for each other. Yeah. Yeah. There's always room. I feel like there's always room for more. So, yeah, just because just because I can live in this country legally doesn't mean other people can't also live in the country legally. It doesn't hurt me. So, what do you see as being next or going forward? You know, what do you want to see and develop and be a part of? So, um, you've heard HBO's Game of Thrones has some spinoff shows. Yes. So, um, just shout out to D.B. Weiss and David Benioff because I know they're listening. (laughs) Um, Just, you know, think of me is all I'm saying. Um, Dunk and Egg is a good series. No, go real (laughs) tangential. Um, Honestly, so, you know, when the clock gets to 11, 11 and you make a wish <laughs> yeah. of what you want to happen. I used to always have my wish when I was a little girl. I was like, I can't tell you. Can I? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is it going to ruin it? Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I it was 11, 11 the other night and I was like, oh, I'm going to make a wish. I'm going to wish for. And then I looked at my husband and my dog and mm. I was like. No, I'm good. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So I'm feeling happy doing what I'm doing. I'm always open to the next bigger, better thing. I'm always open to new projects and 
whether it be narrative or tabletop or someday I would like to create my own game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm happy doing what I'm doing, you know? And that's, like, really refreshing to hear because there's always this pressure of, like, you have to be number one. You have yeah. to be the best. But then when you, like, just take a step back and just look at, like, all the stuff you already have and do, it's like, whoa, like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's nice to not be jaded by success sometimes. Totally. You know? But then you can't you can't ever stop because right. – Happiness is not a place that you get to and then you're done. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> Stealing this from a book I just listened to. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's solving problems. Mm-hmm. Really overcoming obstacles is what gives you happiness. Yeah. So me getting out of bed and coming to do a podcast <laughs> – was an obstacle, but now that I'm here, I'm having a great time. <laughs> well, I'm glad you came here. <laughs> um, so where can we find you? I am all over the internet at the Becca Scott on all the social meds. And uh, <laughs> if you go to my Twitter or Instagram or, you know, any of the things, then you'll find me and you can find out what I'm up to next. Yeah. I think I'm going to go and check more of the videos out because I want to learn how to make I mean, how to play things, how to make things. Oh, I can teach you how to make things. So I have a web series. I made like 10 episodes, uh-huh. shot it in my house okay, with that's the way uh, to do it. <laughs> tiny little camera, tiny little microphone. I can teach you how to groom a cat. How to, It's called How to with Becca. It's Wait, a I really popular series. Wait, I need to learn how to groom a cat, though. Yeah, no, it's in there. I um, have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I have so many tips. Uh, <laughs> mostly I talk about how I want a dog. Then later there's an episode when I got a dog. Your dreams came true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I teach you how to build a table. Wow. I just bought some wood from Home Depot and started hammering it together. <laughs> and then turned into almost a table. The next episode, I teach you how to build a fire. I needed some wood. <laughs> so you can have a fire for your tabletop game. <laughs> I cannibalized the table. Oh, Spoilers. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they're really dumb they're really really dumb that's but fun, it was fun though. to make yeah um thank you for <gasps> coming on the show this it's been, been such great. a joy thank um, you i'm excited to watch more learn more and i think i definitely got an insight whoa i definitely got an insight not only to live streaming twitch but also the life of a woman in gaming which Ooh. is very fascinating to me and um yeah just i know that you inspire a lot of people and keep up the good work the good fight well likewise so do you candy <laughs> thank you <laughs> but um yeah please be sure to check becca out and learn how to do things learn how to play games and um yeah i guess we'll see you guys next time peace out bye <laughs>